Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today we are cutting into Cutting Edge. Ooh, exciting. It's the fourth episode of uh, Beast Wars Season 3. First aired November 15th, 1998. Uh, written by Ian Weir, who also wrote uh, Possession and Code of Hero and Dark Designs. Oh. Ah, I thought I was uh, I was going to look up what else he had done, and then I forgot to. Well, not everyone can be a winner. No, you know, three <laughs> out of four ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this episode, it ain't bad, but it ain't great. No. It's, it's, it's an episode, definitely an about episode. the best I can say about it. it it's a it solid C+. Plus. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pass. It's, you know, it's weekday morning. I'm going to school. This is okay to watch. It's going <laughs> to sell some toys. Yeah. Um, and we open up with cavemen. Remember them from uh, Code of Hero and then Not Sense? A planet where apes evolve from men? <laughs> well, wait, no. It, where men will evolve from apes. I got it backwards. It's a madhouse. Oh. A madhouse! Yes. So it's interesting that they have they have two adult cave people mm. who appear to be, I'm going to say, ungendered. Uh, and then they have the two kids, and one of the kids is just very, very clearly presented as a girl. I mean, I'm going to say the one, the caveman leader, who I'm pretty sure is the same guy who we saw at the end of Code of Hero uh, with that Dinobot axe. Well, I think he's still voiced by Gary Chalk. Yeah, and it's it's just Gary Chalk making monkey noises. Yeah. So I'm going to call him male. Yeah. Yeah. The one who gets killed at the beginning, we sort of... Yeah, that one is question mark. Well, it just seems like there's... So... It it seems like they're supposed to be a family unit, but I don't know. And uh, we we've got names from these two from I guess the credit or I guess a later episode I think names these two. Yeah. And uh, the boy is Chak, and the girl is Una. Huh. And Una is voiced by Susan Blue. Yes. Oh. And Chak is voiced by some male voice actor who we don't know. Probably just Scott. Yeah, it's probably Scott McNeil. Could be Gary Chalk. Could be, or maybe maybe Ian Corlett. Yeah. Oh, maybe Ian. Doesn't sound old enough to be Gary Chalk. Mm. I suppose. But Gary Chalk is definitely having a lot of fun in this recording session. <laughs> yes. He gets to make caveman <laughs> noises, and then he's going to have a little fun at the end. Yes. And whoever it is, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I will note that Una has like some little, like almost like pigtail hair going, and she's got notable lips, and it's uh kind of, I don't know, it's kind of cute. Yeah, but the, th- the the monkeys, the, the eight people, whatever the hell they are, they're wearing skirts now. Yeah. yeah. But only skirts. Yeah. Dinobot, in addition to teaching them how to use tools, has also taught them shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They're they're all wearing like little loincloth-y skirt things, and 
they is, they do not have any additional shame, so that's okay. It is dishonorable to let your rigid grill structure flap around in the breeze. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it does become relevant that, that Una is a little girl, but... I just thought it was very interesting that she's the only the only one who gets very noticeably gendered. Mm. And although the animation is much better, I have to say those those caveman kids are kind of bringing to mind uh, that really terrible Donkey Kong Country cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the bits about them are okay, like the texturing and some of the design is okay, but th- there are times they just do not look right. I mean, yeah, pi- I mean they're, you know, Pixar hadn't quite figured out people yet, so... Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're new models. They probably didn't have a whole lot to to spend on them. So it's, it's kind of understandable, but they do look a bit rough. Yeah, they don't yeah. look nearly as nice... It's a forgivable nice. flaw, but it's still massively a flaw. Yeah. They, yeah. Don't, they don't look nearly as good as the water did. <laughs> well, no. No, it, it's something like around the eyes, like in trying to make them cute it makes them look better and worse at the same time than like their father who's slightly more misshapen mm-hmm. and anyway we start much as code hero started where they're being uh, stalked by some unseen predator Ooh. but in this case the uh, unseen predator is not uh the anaconda from anaconda but uh <laughs> a cyborg velociraptor Welcome to Jurassic Park! <laughs> Clever girl. It's pretty great. So yeah, the uh, the cyborg velociraptor takes out one of the adults. Mm-hmm. Oh, not Grandpa. And these are, we will later, these will later be referred to as cyber raptors, because this episode had to be as 1998 as possible. <laughs> yeah. It's very 1998. Oh, they're so 1990. It's a raptor with cyborg parts and laser eyes. And also one of our heroes manages to take them out with a giant rock dropping on them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All evil on Earth can be defeated with falling rocks. Yes, as we have learned. The old ape gets taken out and the children are separated from their father and the girl ape screams and her face looks really creepy. Yes. <laughs> At least, thankfully, they acknowledge that raptors being in this era is completely non-historical. Yes. 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 And also them being cyborgs. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> so, but luckily, uh, Optimus Primal and Silverbolt arrive just in time, and I really love that Optimus Primal can point in his jet mode. <laughs> yes, because okay. his hands are just in fists at his thigh, <laughs> so he can he can point. That's silly, but I'm okay with that. that. That's one thing I like, like, Transformers who, who like, pop out hands in vehicle mode. Yes. It, it's always been an amusing thing to me, like, a car will open a door and there's a hand, just shoot mm. a gun or whatever. So, so I'm fine with that silliness. And so, you know, with the, with those dinosaurs out there, you know, they, they realize that obviously Megatron made these. And so we've got to keep these protohumans safe, and so they just take them back to the base. I like that that when when Optimus is discussing this with Rhinox, he's like, you know, Megatron is behind this. And Rhinox is very, very nice about pointing out that, yes, that's extremely obvious, Optimus, thank you. (laughs) Because 
who else was going to be creating cyborg raptors? But but Rhinox is is a very good big daddy boyfriend, and and nicely points out that yes, with uh, cloned raptors with cybernetic parts, there's no one else it could be. And of course, this is once more uh, Megatron's extremely confusing feelings toward Dinobot. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I I don't think they're that confusing at all. <laughs> no. They might be confusing to Megatron. Yes. Yeah. I miss him and I want to bring him back, but how? Why do I miss him? If I make a bunch (laughs) of stupid, you know, unintelligent clones of him that I use to kill off the ape men that he once saved. Why can't I stop thinking about him? Stay tuned to next episode. (laughs) It's getting worse. Yes. Yes, Something I just thought about that should have thought about it long ago. I wonder how often it's the same boulder model that drops on people. Oh. Hmm. I mean, it can't be that hard to, to make a different model, but then again, no. that's why would you? Yeah, but you've got to retext. Nobody's watching this that closely. <laughs> no. <laughs> no Unaware that podcasts will be invented in a couple of decades. <laughs> yeah, I know at least once in a d- trap Dinobot made, it was like an almost perfectly spheroid boulder. Mm-hmm. But this one's more like Football potato shaped. Yeah. I think that's not exactly, but often the shape. Oh. Now I'm just thinking about Megatron carving a message on the golden disc. I know that podcast technology is being (laughs) uh, perfected. (laughs) Oh, Megatron heard about podcasts, but he didn't know how they worked. (laughs) Yeah. Any Decepticon descendants who may find this, tell me, what is this serial... Did that guy actually do it? Tell me from the future. <laughs> oh, and, and now I'm just imagining Megatron having to p- put ads into his track that he's recording on there. <laughs> I am a robot and therefore do not shave. However, for you flesh creatures who do, I recommend Harry's. Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, then we anyway, go back. These, yeah, these these kids are monkeying around the base. Yeah, they're babies in the Axelon, just running around. It's pretty adorable. Yes, and uh, Black Arachnia, she and Silverbolt have had this conversation, and they did not want kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though I I will note we start out with with Rat Trap. Yes, coming down this hallway. And this door announces that it's opening. Like, are they on the heart of gold? Does it have a people personality? Why? Why is the door announcing? Yeah, I think never this is the first before time in this anybody. show have the doors announced that they're about to open. And never again, really. They're running some tests. They've got everything in exposition mode. I suppose. I, I guess it's so, supposed to be because that's a high security door, but. That that seems like bad security in a way. It's like yeah. I, mean, I assume the, that the point was to give Rat Trap a moment to duck behind a corner. <laughs> well, yes, the plot <laughs> device door. Yes, because Black Rackney is coming out of this highly secure area carrying what appear to be film strips. Yeah, it's like thirty-five millimeter canister. I mean, I or suspect at least one of them is for Cheetor, your changing body, and you. <laughs> We'll make that next episode. Yeah. Well, yes. 
there's, there's a little of that in this one. Oh man. Yeah, because in fact, uh, Cheetor uh, runs into her, as do the, uh, the the monkey kids, and she drops a bunch of stuff. Cheetor is all, "Oh, let me help you with that," and he gets a little handsy, despite oh, not having actual hands. And, oh, and then Cheetor. romantical music plays. Romantic Cheetor. It's time to reset the counter. Oh yeah. And this this leads to a whole plot. He. You know, there's one woman on the planet. He's interested in her, even though she's clearly having a thing with Silverbolt. And, and also, Silverbolt, she's not interested in she him. She's 100% not interested in him. Yeah. And Silverbolt is super jealous about this. Yeah, she she's not interested. She's already in another relationship. Cheetor, you're such an idiot. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, Cheetor is such an idiot. That I guess that does explain everything that follows. I mean, has anybody yeah. given him the talk? Does Rat Trap have to sit him down and tell him about the uh, the air razors and the waspinators? I I would think that would be Optimus's air job. Agatrons. Also, I think that would be great <laughs> to see. Yeah. I mean, probably the best would either be Primal or possibly Rhinox. I think it would have to yeah. be Rhinox. I don't think Primal would want to explain it to him, so it would fall onto Rhinox to explain it to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're I'd... the they're the dads. I mean, it's possible that Rhinox might connive Rattrap into doing it himself, but he has to know that the results of that would be terrible. Very yeah, I, I would think that I would think that Rattrap would volunteer, and Rhinox would be like, "Oh no, you don't." I mean, I assume his offer of taking him to that uh, strip club was how he was going to explain it. <laughs> well, no, he didn't Probably. want to bring him. He wanted to bring Silverbolt. Oh right. Yeah. And Cheetor wanted to go, and I he know. was like. No. Slides? Oh, for six years. Anyway, the children are running around. Cheetor's being romantic. Black Arachne is being sneaky. Yeah. Yes. So, status quo. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, it's time to get these kids back to their, you know, ape tribe. And because Primal is kind of a dick, he assigns this duty to Black Arachne. It, it does seem a weird choice that... Okay, one, you have to send her out on a mission to see if you can trust her. But you don't trust her, so why are you sending these innocent little children who are being so adorable and using your finger as a swing set? Which is... (laughs) (laughs) Spinning in the bridge chairs. They're kind of silly, but I really do like when the one just swings on his finger. That is adorable. I mean, it... it, I, I kind of had this sort of thing like like how in G1 RC was the one who always had to be maternal. Yeah. It's like, well, you're the woman, go take care of the kids. But it it wasn't actually played like that. He did actually no. have some perfectly good reasons. No, but it, it oh, does not really feel that. like that a little bit. It's like, you're the girl, you have to handle this, although there are other reasons beyond that. Correct me, you have robe ovaries, you take them. <laughs> I like that when Silverbolt offers to go with him, <laughs> he says, I want Black Arachne's full attention on the job at hand. Yeah, it, it does seem weird that he doesn't send Rattrap or Rhinox instead of Cheetor. Then again, I mean, they need to f- keep fixing up the base, so he kind of needs Rattrap and Rhinox around. Yeah, yes. Rhinox can clearly not actually leave the base at this point, and I think I would trust Rattrap even less than Black Rachnia. To be perfectly honest, he should probably go himself. Yeah. He's I mean, most heavily armed. And I guess they, they do say that he, you know, they can't find them from the air, but he has a 
some sort of, I don't know, truck mode, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. He can walk. He's got a monkey mode. Yes, yeah. he does. A, a rarely seen ape mode. But anyway, the the, the gist of it is he, he is sending her some supervision. The bad news is that supervision is Cheetor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> supervision. Well, Which, honestly, I mean, I would think that sending her with Silverbolt would be better, because at least while they might be distracting each other, neither of them is actively stupid. No, they, they would try... Well, I mean, his the- IQ goes down by a, a few dozen points when she's around. Yeah, but yeah. I, they would probably get there faster and then mess around on the way back. Well, either yeah. they mess. Well, they're messing around. Those kids get eaten by a robot dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got a cock block there, man. And yeah, Silverbolt is super jealous about this. Like, come on, Silverbolt. Seriously, it's you two Cheetor. have a good thing, and Cheetor is a like fourteen years old and an idiot. <laughs> More of an idiot than you right now. Yes. Cheetor is an unattractive 14-year-old. Yes. And he's breaking out in polka dot spots, and he's teal <laughs> and yellow. Uh-huh. So yeah, we're 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 on a uh, we're on our safari here. Uh, Cheetor is given Chak uh, a bit of a ride. Uh, Una makes a makeshift helmet out of a coconut and is mimicking. Uh, Black Arachnia, which is adorable. It's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah Cheetor's actively endangering the boy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's giving him a ride by having him fly. He's he's having him hold on to his neck while he flies through the sky. With his yeah, there's jet. no safety harness, no no belt, no nothing. It's just... At least Silverbolt would not have been active. Endangering him. Yeah, if Silverbolt did that, he'd probably be holding the child instead of yes. letting the child hold on to him. Yes. Yeah. But, but yeah, Una is, is pretty. She's she's making a, a pretty good case here. Yeah, although a bit before that, Black Arachnia says a really weird, horrible line. Don't bug me, kid. Your forehead slopes. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. It's very WC Fields. I, yes, but... Out of my uh, way, boy, you bother me. Yeah, the, the, the beginning, it's just that your forehead slopes is such a weird, almost Neanderthal racism line. What? I mean, they're a totally different well, species. That's, yeah, you know, their forehead does actually slope, because they're like monkeys, but... Yeah. It was a good delivery of just a weird line. Fair enough. And, uh, you know, as W.C. Field says, never work with children or animals. And, unfortunately, they are working with children, and they are also animals. Yeah. Yes. There's a spider crawling across my floor. Hey. <laughs> and so now they are attacked by cyber raptors. Yay. Hey, cyber raptors. Uh, Cheetor manages to hilariously fall off a cliff. Yeah. Just leaving it to Black Arachnia to pull like a Spider-Man rescue on these uh, two kids. And she gets oh, to use her leg guns. Uh-huh. Yeah, seen pretty that. cool. I like and her, her leg beast guns. mode, which we haven't seen much of lately. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we haven't seen it in a while. So, yeah, she rescues the kids and she gets down to Cheetor. And Cheetor's jets were damaged in the fall, which seems like the most useless thing. Well, she <laughs> notes he's the only cat who lands on his head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you had jets. Why did you fall? <laughs> <laughs> because Cheetor. 
Oh, Cheetor. And so Megatron's watching all this, and he sends Wasnator and Tarantulas and more Cyber Raptors out to get them. And Tarantulas has a new Super Soaker that he's going to test out. Yes. He's kind of reverted to his season one self. He's just pulling out a new gadget every other episode. He's back with uh, Megatron, and so he's got to do all of uh, Scorponok's work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like Charlie work on. Uh... <laughs> Always sunny. Always sunny. Yes, and, and uh, I like that it's uh, it's three raptors because as Jurassic World taught us, three is the optimal number of raptors. Yeah. Wait, Jurassic World? No, I thought there were four in Jurassic World. There were four, oh. but then one gets blown up. Yeah, one get one dies pretty early. Yeah. So then there's three. Yes, I I think there's only one by the time. They have, like, the big battle at the end. Yeah, the the one that uh, anyone ever remembers anymore, of course, is Blue. Blue, the one, <laughs> the one having all the sexual tension with uh, Chris yeah. Pratt. Chris Pratt's character. I, I still only remember Blue's character's name. No, but no, none of the humans stick in my mind enough for me to remember their names. It was Chris, Owen. Chris Pratt. His, his name was Owen. His name uh, what's, his na- what's her name? Opie's daughter is Claire. Um, the important thing is is Blue and Owen's sexual tension. That's that's all that matters. I mean, I I would have remembered them more easily if they had had their own action figures. Yeah. Yeah. I think they hmm, no. Blue, They're making a Blue Chris got Pratt. an action. Yeah. Blue got an action figure that got misgendered on Hasbro's website. Yeah. It's like of all the ones, it has to be the one who's most like anthropomorphized. <laughs> anyway, Megatron has to be start. Is he actually quoting Shakespeare, or is it just um, like uh, oh, what is it? Words? No, that is uh, cry havoc and let's let's slip the dogs of war. That is uh, Shakespeare. Either that, or he's quoting Christopher Plummer from Star Trek Six. Well, of course, ah, either way. So, so he has to be quoting Shakespeare because Dinobot's gone, and nobody else will do it. Ah. Uh... More of those those feelings there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a sec. Uh, is we lost Alex? We can just get quiet. Hello. That's Hello. A, that's a good question. I don't think I've heard him say anything in a while. No, and while he's not answering us now, I think we've lost him. Oh, poopers. <sighs> okay, well, we'll just maybe wait ones. a sec, see if he comes back on. I think we lost Alex. Yeah. Possibly eaten by cyber raptors. Oh. No. Damn you, cyber raptors. Damn you. Eating up our internets. <laughs> All right, so uh, Megatron has cr- cried havoc, and he is letting slip the dogs of war. Yes. As you do. And so while he does, well, uh, Tarantulas and Waspmater go with these cyber raptors, the rest of the Predacons are en route to the maximal base, which is now occupied solely by Ronax and Rattrap. Yes. And while they're standing outside of it, preparing to to go in, there's just all of them just doing the best evil laughter. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Megatron's talking, and then Quick Strike starts Quick Striking off into his old prospector talking whatever, and I forget what he says. Yeah, Megatron goes, "Mm, okay, and then everyone just starts laughing. Megatron says something, you know, jokingly about how, you know, we're, we're going to knock on the door and uh, 
quick strikes. <laughs> like, uh, how about we just blast them all out? Something along those lines. And then, yes, Megatron is like, um, okay. And then everybody's just evil laughter. It's just, I, I'm not sure if Megatron's ever said okay before. It's always, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it's just hilarious to everybody. Which is an odd thing. I think everyone in this episode has a line. Like, yes. Uh, I, does Rampage have a line? I I know he at least laughs. I'm not sure he actually says anything. Yeah, he might make more Rampage noises. Yeah, but everybody else, I think this might be the first episode, at least since the beginning, where like every character says something. It's been a while. It just seems weird in a way. Yeah. Uh, although there's one character we haven't seen yet, but stay tuned. Oh. Yes. So, meanwhile, the Tudor Black Ragnia and the Ape Kids are under attack from Waspinator, Tarantulas, and the Cyber Raptors. Yeah. So, Silver, Silver Bolt and Primal gets there, but Primal doesn't get to be too effective before Tarantulas shoots him in the butt. Right. <laughs> it, it's a shot, and we follow the projectile right directly at Primal's ass. Yes. And then he just yes. stands up in surprise after being shot and, in the ass. And it's some kind of cyber venom. It briefly makes his head huge. Yeah, big head mood. And also, he starts kind of... He gets super high. (laughs) They refer to it as some kind of transmetal cyber venom. Yeah, sure, whatever. Sure. Uh, Sure, it's a tarantulas thingy. There he is. Hi, little guy. Not yet. (laughs) There's a cutaway back to the other Predacons storming the base. Yes. Uh, Quick Strike is, of course, hyper as always. And then Megatron's like, always send the booby in first. Yeah, wait, when you, when you anticipate the booby traps, send the boob in first. Yeah. Yes. Which yes. Didn't, hasn't that happened before? Well, I know it's happened before, but has, has Megatron said send the booby in first? It's, there's a Generation 1 episode where Optimus Prime talks about Oh, it's a it's a booby trap that actually catches boobies. Oh, okay. oh yes. I know it rang a bell because I I was thinking back to the Jiffy Pop episode where basically the same thing happened. Quick Strike went in first, and I couldn't remember the actual lines. And I yeah, I don't think he has a line about booby traps. He just yeah. Just gives gives a tarantulas a knowing look, and and they laugh and yeah, feel good about themselves. And of course, this time, although that time Quick Strike didn't actually get attacked. This time he does, and Ends up with stars floating over his head. Yes, where the humor in this show is getting a little goofier. Yeah, and it's a push to, to like where where it works and where it doesn't. Yes, it, about so, half the time it works for me. Yeah, so Rat Trap uh, radios in, sees if they can get some reinforcements, and instead finds Optimus Primal singing about uh, my little guy. Isn't he cute? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I feel like this is the reference to an actual song, but I... Don't. It's not ringing a bell. No, unless it's like a... Maybe it was a Canadian play or something. I guess that's possible. But it, it's just Gary Chuck going, There he is, my little guy. As his head is going into big mode again. Yes. And, and I like that, that after he's done Rat Trap, <laughs> like, that's not what I wanted to hear <laughs> yeah. over the radio. And also, they're using Primal's giant body as cover, which I appreciate. It works. Yes. And uh, 
Black Arachnia actually took a shot for the for the kids. She does the Secret yeah. Service dive. Yeah, and then, and she claims it was an accident, and she. I, it's very obvious. She totally no sells it. It's great. It's so cute. Oh, ba. And so, but luckily, somebody is here to save the day, and it's that Gary Chalk caveman with the axe. Yeah, Gary Chalk is here to save Gary Chalk. Yes. He jumps on the back of one of the cyber raptors, and he just starts beating it with his hammer axe thing, and smashes the convenient glowing red orb thingy on the back of, well, it's sort of like a, whatever, it's a red thing on the back of the raptor that he breaks it, and the raptor just goes nuts. It's like a boss in a video game. He's got a weak spot that is conveniently, it has a big antenna on it, and is constantly flashing red. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the reason that that's a weak spot is because it's the control transmitter. But, yeah, I don't know that it needed to have a light on it. Yeah, it's an exposed light with an antenna right on the back. And, <laughs> and it just starts hopping around and crashes into Waspinator, and then Waspinator's all, No, bad raptor! Down raptor! Which is his first line of the episode. Yes. Aw, poor guy. It's the only line of the episode. Well, one of two lines of the episode. I mean, I get, we got Scott McNeil in here anyway. Yeah, well, we get lots of Scott McNeil. But... And then the other one, uh, they take out that one, and that one takes out Tarantulas. Yeah. Yes. Thus endeth the threat of the Cyber Raptors. And then <laughs> Waspinator's second line, he has to report in, Megatron, Waspinator report, failure. Uh, but back at the Maximal base, they've uh, they've got Rhinox and Rattrap on the ropes. But good news, here comes Tuxedo Manta. <laughs> yes, Bat Manta has arrived I just at the end of the episode to save the day. Yeah, just in time to claim to be the hero. It's he's a real Deus Ex Manta. Yeah. <laughs> he just comes in, kicks everybody's ass, and then we're done. Yep, he takes care of it. It almost makes me wish that, that Rhinox would grow a mustache and be the Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> that would be pretty creepy. Yeah, well, I've, I've been in here. I was badass for two minutes, and I, I sold that toy. See you later. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. And so the Predacons retreat. Uh, the Maximals send the, uh, the Neanderthals home to, you know, eventually... Propagate a great species. <laughs> As they do. And Black Rayakina steals some stuff from the dead raptors. <gasps> dun dun dun. And uh, Cheetor is still trying to get, uh, he's still trying to sidle up a little. He's all, you know, we made a pretty good team. And uh, she says, you know, you're you're a nice kid, and that's uh, two strikes against you. So no. we'll go look at strike three. No, Cheetor, uh, just no. I mean, again, this is something just like the relationship between her and Silverbolt to begin with. This is something that could have come off really icky, but just the way that it's it's not just that she's with Silverbolt. It's that she doesn't like him. Yeah. So it's very clear that this has nothing to do with Silverbolt. This has to do with Cheetor. Yes. And he's, uh, well, you know, maybe maybe I'm not a kid and maybe I'm not so nice either. Oh, Cheetor, no. Yeah, you are. You are. Just, just be, be quiet. Quiet. Such just, just... <laughs> Listen, Stop. Cheetor, spoilers, you're never getting a love interest. No. Not now, not in Beast Machines, not ever. Nope. I mean, there, there's only one other woman on the planet, so 
You're just gonna out of luck here, buddy. That's how it works. <laughs> Sorry. Again, maybe when Primal teaches you about the uh, the Airazers and the Waspinators, you can get some tips. Maybe get one of those film strips that uh, Black Ragney has. Yeah. <sighs> Steal and with back, it like the rest of them. And back at the Predacon base, Megatron notes that the his new technology is unstable without a spark. Which, it's it wasn't unstable, Megatron. You gave your Cyber Raptors a hilariously dumb weakness. Yeah. <laughs> They, they don't need a spark, they just need better shielding. Yeah, maybe not put a light on the the transmitter. I think they aren't smart, but still. If you can make a lot of them, they're kind of effective. If you can make dozens of them, that might work. <laughs> I mean, you just need more guys. Yeah. So you can just, like, send a, you know, herd of these and, uh, you know, then do something else. Yeah, just just have, like, like three dozen cyber raptors, a couple hundred of uh, Tarantulas' little bug flashlights, and Quick Strike in charge of them. Well, maybe Inferno in charge of them, not Quick Strike. They could wreak some nice havoc, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Megatron very clearly foreshadows that uh, he's going to be selling some new toys in the next episode, so get ready. <laughs> Um, I'm not ready. Also, oh, I like bad. at the I like at the end when he's like, you know, talking about how he's got a, a half a spark to spare. He just squeezes it for no reason. <laughs> like poor Rampage. Yeah, some, what, Rampage just, what did I even do? Not do it. Yeah, it's just being a jerk. Ugh. Or I guess Rampage is probably back in the base with him. Like yeah, looms over like ow, oh, what, what. Uh, or he was doing something that, that now he won't be doing anymore? Did I leave the fridge open? What's going on? Maybe he was just teasing <laughs> a strike or something? Who knows? Or put I it, mean, I really don't want to think about what Rampage is doing on his off hours. Uh, yeah. It's probably as bad as Tarantulas. Yeah. I mean, best case scenario, he's feeding on somebody's terror. Yeah. Best case scenario, he's eating some of the remains of the Cyber Raptors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Probably. crabs are scavengers. Yeah. That's true. I mean, you can't even really blame them. Just and so, this this episode is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not offensively bad, it's it's kind of there. The, the, yeah. Some of the jokes actually work, like, there he is, my little guy. That That is great, I, really, I do like that. That's there's All the no Predacons music. just laughing. Really bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a goofy episode, but it's not entirely goofy. No, and it sets up a couple of plots that we're going to see more of, and I'm not crazy about either of those plots, but not really. they're there. Yeah. It, it's just very much like a season one episode. Yeah, it's it definitely has some similarities with those. Yeah, because you got Tarantulas with a new device, you got Megatron cooking up a silly scheme. You've got Cheetor being an idiot. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Primal getting in trouble, so other people have to save him. <laughs> yeah. It's like a retooled script. With apes added somehow. Yes. Monkeys. Damn dirty apes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... 
before we go, what's what's this? Is there is there something in the uh, the Maxim mailbag? No, not exactly the Maxim mailbag, but we, we get tweets at least. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm trying to think of a pun here. I can't do it. <laughs> and you fail. So Mystic Marvels tweets to us. I always thought of Death Charge's Wolverine and Rampage's Sabretooth. Death Charge's colors are like Wolverine's X suit too. Yeah, they kind of are. With, with the blues are in similar places. Like he's got blue on his forearms and the shoulders. Yeah, and they yeah. definitely do have like Rampage and uh, Death Charge really do have very nice contrasting colors. Yeah, and, and well, as we were comparing, well, we're calling him Batmanta because he kind of acts like a Batman and pretends he's Batman. But the way they go at it, fighting is very much more like Wolverine and Sabretooth. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Because these, these are brutal fights. Yeah, brutal down to hand to hand. Yeah, and I guess um, Rampage is more like Sabretooth in that he just shows up to harass and beat the crap out of Depth Charge. Yes. <laughs> Which, it, it's not really a Joker thing. I mean, Joker, the Joker vaguely has other motivations. Yeah. You know, he wants to rob banks or whatever. Yeah, does Rampage really have motivations other than, I'd like my spark back, oh, that transmutate is twisted like me, we should be together, and I want to murder Death Charge. And he also <laughs> likes eating other people. Yes. Yeah. Well, Saber's Tooth doesn't, I don't think he wants to eat people, unless that's new canon. I, I don't, I'm not a big X-Men guy, but I would not be wholly surprised if, if Saber's Tooth had eaten a person. Yeah, at some point. Well, lost up in the Canadian wilderness, you get problems. Well, no, you can't do that, because if you eat human flesh in the Canadian wilderness, you turn into a Wendigo. I'm oh, pretty true. sure Sabretooth has been a Wendigo at some point. I know Wolverine has been a Wendigo at least twice. I think that was like some sort of... Uh, he didn't actually eat somebody to get the Wendigo curse there, though. Well, in the most recent one was World War Wendigo, where like everybody in Canada turned into a Wendigo because there was... Accidentally, somebody died in a food processing plant. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that was a rough weekend. Yes. And then, but <laughs> oh. also, when when you get bitten by a Wendigo, you become a Wendigo? Or at least I think that's how Wolverine became a Wendigo in that I case. guess that's a new thing, I yeah. think. I mean, that would explain why there were a couple of episodes here where my sole contributions were Wendigo. Wendigo. <laughs> because uh, Wendigo are like Pokemon, I guess. Ah, <laughs> Sure. Although, again, I don't think there's a lot of cannibalism involved in uh, Pokemon. Yeah. Although, are there regu- are there like regular animals in the Pokemon universe? No. There so, don't like, seem to be. So do people eat Pokemon? I guess so. I'm not sure. That has to have come up, although all I can ever remember them eating in Pokemon is donuts. I mean, rice balls. <laughs> Maybe everyone's just vegetarian. I mean, I guess, I mean, all, if you, all your animals talk, I, you pretty much have to be. Yeah. I mean, they're not vegan because they have moo-moo milk. Yeah, well... So wait, that, are they milking Pokemon? Yes. yes. Ew. That's... Explicitly. Well, Pokemon Ew. are... They're, Pokemon they're milking some bovine Pokemon. That intelligent? I mean, it, Pokemon, in some cases, are basically like just calling a cat a meow-meow. And a dog is a wolf-wolf. They can follow more complicated commands than cats. Okay, most of them, yes. But they get stuffed into little balls. They learn tricks. And we're talking, like, chimp intelligence, at least. (laughs) Well, that's only with, like, Meowth and a few others, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, some of them can, like, talk like people. I think that's only... 
It's Meowth, Mewtwo, and there's probably more in the more recent things, like the God-level Pokemons. It's, now we're the Pokemon show. We've gotten off topic. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes, that that is a good comparison. Yeah. And it's also more fitting since it's Canadian. That's correct. Although, I'm not 100% sure if Sabretooth is still Canadian. Oh, wait. Is he... Re- oh, yeah, you're our Marvel guy. Is he I thi- related to Wolverine? I can't remember. I'm not sure. I don't... Th- I think that was... He was not confirmed. But wait, he was, and then there was like Origin Two, and he wasn't in that. Right, there was, and Sabretooth was in Origin Two, I believe, and I can't remember if that takes place in Canada or what, because Mister Sinister is also in that. I I think it starts in Canada, and then they go south of the. Okay, I, 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 Canadian. I never actually. Wolverine is definitely still Canadian, and uh, thankfully Deadpool is still Canadian. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> it even even comes up in the movie, which I appreciated. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. From the town that rhymes with fun. <laughs> if you stretch it, yeah. It's a no, uh, no, 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 no. What was, this, what was it? Uh, he, he's from Regina. Oh, oh yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Co- cover your ears, kids. Uh, yeah. Fun move. We're having adult talk here. It's, it's a dirty move. Anyway, I guess we're done with the episode. Yes, so that uh, that does it for Cutting Edge. It's It's... Uh, it's a distracting but inessential episode, which is going to be a recurring theme this uh, season, because coming up next, uh, we're going to be uttering a feral scream, uh, part one. Oh, I I, I vaguely remember not liking this one, but I haven't seen it in, well, years. Yeah, it's, um, it didn't need to be a two-parter. Yeah. Or maybe it's just because it's a reference to Scream. I keep thinking Night Scream, and that's a whole other kettle of fish. Well, or you think that Jamie Kennedy is going to be in it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I didn't really like Scream movies. I only saw the first one. Didn't like. It. I I enjoy the first one. The second one is implausible because it implies that somebody Jamie Kennedy's size is being murdered by Roseanne's sister Jackie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Laurie Metcalf as well, but she's like a hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Tops. Anyway, uh, that should do it for Cutting Edge. Until next time, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter at, at @stasispod. We're on Facebook at facebook.com/stasispod, and we're on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And our podcast is hosted on iaconunderground.net, where you can also find our weekly news broadcast, Icon Underground Radio. And if you prefer, you can also find us on iTunes and listen to us on your various mobile devices, except for Jen, who I believe still owns a Zune. I do. <laughs> and while you're checking us out on iTunes, uh, we'd uh, dig it if you'd rate and review us. And if you'd like uh, to get in touch with us, you can uh, write into the old Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. Please, it's empty. Except for spam. We, we want something else. You can spam. tweet us, too. Spam. Yes, tweet, tweet us, Tumblr us, Facebook us. Oh, I got uh, Swipe left on Tinder. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget. You can get messages on. Three quarters oh. of us are single. That's true. Oh, oh, oh. oh. We're not on Tinder. No. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. We lost Alex, and I'm David. He may have been eaten by cyber raptors. Maybe. Be back next week. We don't know.
did an episode. Surprisingly okay, these episodes. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. it's kind of unsurprisingly not okay. Well, <laughs> well, cause I've forgotten so much of season three, and I remember why now. Yeah, this these were not memorable episodes. No, these were episodes. That's about the best thing you can say. They were, were episodes definitely. indeed. Well, they, I thought they had some some good like character beats and dialogue and stuff. Yeah, but they very, they more feel like season one episodes. Yeah, especially Cutting Edge is very season one. Yeah. Especially because it's got... I mean, both of them have a lot of Cheetor being stupid, which I feel was one of the defining qualities of season one. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with Cheetor in these. It's, uh... uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing for everyone involved. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm. Especially Cheetor. <laughs>